Thanks for joining us for this message from Awakened Church. We believe in the power of God's Word, and we pray that you're encouraged by this message. Now lean in as we hear from God's Word together. We're starting a new series today called The Missing Peace, and the goal of this series is to show us that Jesus is the peace that we need when our lives seem to be a little upside down. And I was thinking about that word peace, and peace is a word or a phrase or some things that we will sing uh, the month of December. And I was thinking about a phrase that you're going to hear often, peace on earth. And for many of us, we're going to wonder, where is peace? Whether we're trying to find peace in the chaos of our own lives, like we've got uh, gifts that we're going to have to go buy. I don't know if you guys have actually done any of your holiday shopping or not, but you're going to have to rush out and get that. And then you're going to be looking for peace of how am I going to pay for all of these gifts? Or you're going to be getting ready to travel, maybe with small kids. And you're like, there's no peace that will ever surpass <laughs> traveling with small kids. Because inevitably, you're going to get behind the person in the plane and they're just going to kind of look at you, mean mug you the whole time. I've been there. I understand. Or like you're just going to be having family come in and you're like, there's no peace with my family coming in. This is going to be chaos and all of that. And so peace for you is just going to be a little, a little hard to find. Or maybe you're trying to wrap your head around peace in our world. For many of us, peace can seem elusive. It's hard to find. We can look, in a, look all around our world and we can quickly find out that we live in a far from perfect and far from peaceful world. And yet we can even look in our own lives and we can struggle to find peace with ourselves. Maybe for you, you can't find peace with past mistakes that you made. Maybe you said some things or did some things that you wish you didn't say or things that you wish you didn't do. And so you can't find peace with that or you can't find peace with your present struggles and your weaknesses right now. Or maybe you're worried about the future and we try to find peace in different ways too. We try to say, well, if I could just find peace in relationships, if I could just get this boyfriend or girlfriend, if I could just get married in 2021, then I would have peace. Notice no married couple said amen to that, okay? <laughs> we try to find peace in our work. If I could just find a job, if I could just get a promotion, then I would have peace. We try to find peace in watching enough Christmas movies and just letting December fly by. Or we try to find peace in traveling. If you're here today and you're searching for peace, I want to remind you today that only true and lasting peace can be found in Jesus. 2 Thessalonians 3.16 says, Now may the Lord of peace himself give you his peace at all times, in every situation. The Lord be with you all. See, that verse reminds us that God will always meet us in the middle of our chaos, in the middle of our stress, in the middle of our messy lives, and we can find peace in him. Now, that doesn't mean that the chaos is going to stop. It doesn't mean that the mess is going to get cleaned up and there's going to be no more stress. It's going to be wonderful. But listen, we can have peace in the middle of it. And today we're going to be looking at a story in Matthew chapter 1 that will help us understand that we can have peace in the middle of crazy times. And it's the story of Joseph. It's Jesus' dad, or stepdad, or earthly dad, or adoptive dad. I'm not sure which one he is. He's one of those, though. And we're going to look at Joseph today. And I believe that Joseph is the unsung hero of the Christmas story. See, we sing songs about Mary. We sing songs about baby Jesus. We sing songs about a star, or some wise men, or some shepherds. We could sing even about the cattle. But not one song is about Joseph. 
And I wonder if Joseph is ever like, um, hello, <laughs> like, uh, I was there, like, I, I kind of was, I saw the whole thing, like, not even one song. It could have just, you couldn't do Joseph, did you know? Like, you couldn't even do that. <laughs> and sometimes I think we think that Joseph is this awkward guy in the Christmas story. He's not really the father of the baby. He's not really royalty or a theologian. He didn't even make reservations, hotel reservations, in Bethlehem. And we might be tempted to think of him as disengaged or incompetent, or we could even look at him as kind of the bum of the Christmas story, yet Joseph is anything but those things. And listen, even though the Bible doesn't record a single word out of Joseph's mouth, we can find out today that his life is an example of a life that we should have. See, because Joseph was a man of instant faith and obedience, And what we're going to learn today is that in the middle of chaotic situations or the chaos that surrounds this season, we can still have peace. And it's not so much by what we say, but what we do. And so today, if you feel like your life is a little out of control, things seem to be spiraling in a direction you wish you didn't go, and today maybe you feel like you're out of peace, I want to remind you that even though you're out of the loop, you can still have peace. So let's read Matthew chapter 1, starting in verse 18 says this, now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way, which his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they were together. She was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to them in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by a prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Verse 24. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Jesus. There are three things I think this story can teach us how we can have peace in the middle of our chaos. And the first one is this. We can have peace in life's interruptions. See, Joseph is faced with a very difficult situation, wondering what to do with this news that Mary is pregnant. See, Mary's already been told by an angel of the Lord that she's going to give birth to a son. We know this. We can read it in Luke's gospel. But it's not going to be the son from Joseph. It's actually going to be from the Holy Spirit. And if that sounds a little weird to you, it sounded weird to them as well. In fact, in verse 18, it says that Mary is betrothed to Joseph. Now, we don't really use that word in today's culture. We don't say that somebody is betrothed. Normally, we say that someone is engaged. But let me explain the difference between the two. If you're engaged, you found the person that you want to spend the rest of your life with, you're dating him, you're planning your wedding, you're going through all the process, but then at some point if you're like, eh, this really isn't going to work out, we're not compatible anymore, you go your separate ways, you kind of just move on with your life. However, in a betrothal, you were actually legally married. It was legally binding. And what this meant was that in a betrothal period, you had to wait a year before you were even allowed to live together or sleep together. So you were married, but you didn't get all the perks and benefits of being married. I think it's kind of a dumb rule, so I'm glad we're done with betrothal periods. But 
The betrothal period was there for a couple of reasons. One, it was there because the, they needed the couples to get to know each other a little bit more. It was an opportunity for the couple to um, build a foundation with each other, but it was also for others to observe the couple for their purity. And in Mary's case, it would quickly become found out that she was not so pure. Now, we know the whole story. We know that she was. If you've been to church for any length of time, you know that you've read the story. You've probably even watched it on Charlie Brown. You get the point of what's happened here. But people didn't get the full scope of what was happening. People were just living this hour by hour and day by day. So they didn't understand what was happening. And I say all this to imagine this scenario with me. Here's Joseph. He's about to be married to his fiance, whom he loves so much. And I'm sure Joseph had his life all planned out. He was probably like, you know what? I'm going to get a good job as a carpenter. I'm going to move my way up in the carpentry business. I'm going to be the best one I can be. And I'm going to get married to my beautiful wife who loves me, who supports me. I love her and I support her and her decisions. And we're going to have this nice, peaceful land on a hillside in Galilee on a few acres. It's going to be great. We might have a boy and a girl. Like this is all going to be great. He had his life all planned out. They were going to live happily ever after. But then here comes Mary. She starts strutting in, and she's like, uh, hey, Joseph, uh, I've got some news to share with you. And he's probably like, oh, great. Yeah, let's, let's talk about it. What news do you have for me? And she's like, well, I'm going to need you to sit down for this one. He's like, no, no, I've been, I've been sitting down all day. I need to stand up. This is going to be great. Just share the news with me. And she's like, no, trust me. You'll want to sit down with this news that I'm about to share with you. And so he's probably like, all right. So he sits down, and she's like, well, so there's no easy way to put this. I don't really know how else to say this, but Joseph, I'm pregnant. And he probably was like, uh, what? Like, you know, maybe the blood from his face left a little bit. He's starting to turn pale and maybe he's starting to feel a little sick in his stomach because he's like, I don't understand what's going on right now. Like he's probably thinking, you know what? I know it's not mine because we can't live together. We can't sleep together. We're in this betrothal period right now. So I know it's not my baby, Mary. So whose is it? And she's probably like, well, I'm glad you're still sitting down, Joseph. She might have even called him Joe at this point. She's probably like, hey, Joe, glad you're sitting down still. She's like, it's from the Holy Spirit. And he's probably just like, you know what? I was upset because my life has already been turned upside down right now. I'm already a little aggravated, a little agitated, but you can't come up with a better lie, the Holy Spirit? Like, what is that, Mary? Come on now. But I bet you it took Joseph a minute or two. He probably calmed down a little bit. He's probably like, okay, I can breathe. He's like, I've, I've, I've got all this. And he's probably like, so, hey, uh, Mary, when can I meet this Holy Spirit? Because I'd like to have a very small but intense chat with him. But listen, this is what Joseph is going to find out here in just a few minutes, that his plans and God's plans are going to be very different for his life. See, life can be full of interruptions. We, like Joseph, we can have a plan for how we want our lives to look, how we want our lives to go. We can have all these dreams about, I'm going to go to school, and I'm going to get this job, and I'm going to do these things, and I'm going to marry this person, and we're going to live in this place, and we're going to have this house, and we're going to have this many kids. We can have all of these ideas and dreams for our careers or for our families, but God, just like Joseph, can take our lives in a completely different direction. Joseph didn't know or understand what conceived in the womb meant. He didn't know that he was going to be a fulfillment of prophecy. He didn't get the memo of any of that stuff. He was left in the dark with what was happening in his life. He, all he knows right now is the girl that he loves is pregnant, and he's not the father. And he doesn't know what to do, 
and he's scared. See, Mary being pregnant before they were even supposed to be married, before this was even supposed to happen, didn't fit into their life plans. Their plans got interrupted. What is it in your life right now that got a little interrupted? What bad news did you get this week or this month that you thought, I don't know why this is happening. It wasn't supposed to go this way. It was supposed to go that way. This was supposed to happen. That was never supposed to happen. What news in your life did you get that you're like, I wasn't expecting that at all? Maybe for you, it's just trouble at work. You're like, man, I'm hearing that there's going to be some layoffs. You know, this pandemic, it might shut down our business again. I might be out of work again. Maybe for you, it's the car. It broke down again. You're like, I can't believe I got to get another car again. This is the worst thing in the world. Maybe a family member or a friend said something or did something that was hurtful to you. Maybe a promise was broken or something disappointed you. Life doesn't always go the way that we planned or how we would like it to go, but listen, we could still have peace in the middle of all of that. See, God doesn't promise that we'll never have problems. You'll never open up his word and it'll say, thou shalt follow God and thou shalt never have problems. Just follow me. You'll live a problem-free life. His word never says that. But God does make promises in his word to us. Romans 8, 28 says, all things, the good things and the bad things, all things work together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. See, we may not understand everything in our lives or why we have to go through certain seasons in our lives or valleys or storms, but we need to trust God in our situations. We need to trust God with our lives. Trust is a choice that you may have to make today. Maybe today you have to choose to trust the promises of God. Maybe you need to open up your Bible and just start seeking out the promises of God today and trust them, especially when things don't go our way. We have to trust him anyways. When things aren't, our plans aren't working out like we thought they would, we have to trust him anyways. Trusting God means believing that God will keep his promises to us, even though our lives may not make sense or they're not working out like we thought they should or like they planned. We need to choose to trust and believe in God. And when we do that, we can find peace wherever we find ourselves. Joseph didn't understand everything that was happening in his life. Things weren't working out like he thought they should. And so Joseph is wrestling with what to do with this news that Mary has just shared with him. And it says in verse 19 that he is a just man. And what this means is that Joseph wanted to please God and live the right way and live in a way that was honoring to God. And so being pregnant before they were ever supposed to be, being pregnant didn't fit into those plans. It wasn't honoring to God. It wasn't the way that they should be living before God. And so Joseph is just wrestling in verse 19 with what to do. And the situation that they find themselves in is a very complicated situation. Let's just look at Mary for just a minute. Mary, it, because she looked unfaithful to Joseph in that time, she could have been killed for her actions. But let's also just think, Mary, she's not going to get that storybook wedding that she always dreamed of, that she was planning for. Her life was interrupted. Her reputation was ruined. No one's going to come to her wedding. No one wants to be associated with her. And that's Mary. Look at Joseph in his life. Joseph, if he did go through with the marriage, then it would seem like he's admitting to getting Mary pregnant before they were supposed to be married. Or if he did marry Mary, then he would look like a fool to other people because he was the guy who married a pregnant girl. Whatever decision was made, it would ruin both of their reputations. The situation they find themselves in is painful and it's humiliating. 
And so Joseph is weighing the costs. And what he decides to do in verse 19 is he thinks the best thing to do is just sever the relationship, just be done with it, set her free, just divorce her with no fanfare, just do it in privacy. He's a just man. He's like, I don't want things. This is already a terrible situation. This is already painful for all of us. So I'm just going to go my way. Mary, you go your own way. Raise that kid. Do your thing. We're done. That is until verse 20. It says this in verse 20. But as he considered these things, and I love this because Joseph is going to bed. He's still thinking about this whole thing. He hasn't fully committed to it. He's not at peace with his decision. And when we make our own plans and they don't line up with God's plans, guess what? You won't have peace. It goes on to say, Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. So God sends an angel in a dream to Joseph, and, he's th- and he sends him, and he says, Hey, Joseph, I know what you're thinking. It sounds a little crazy. It sounds a little weird. I know things aren't really lining up, but guess what? I'm going to need you to not divorce Mary. And then the angel then uh, continues to fill Joseph in on the situation. And here's the second thing we can learn today, is that we can have peace when we hear his voice. And here's what I mean by that. When you're afraid, I bet you the sound of someone's voice can bring instant relief to your life. It can bring peace to you. Even right now, you could probably think of someone in your life, mom, a dad, a friend, someone in your life, that when you hear their voice, Everything could be falling apart. There could be chaos all around you. You're like, I don't think any of this is going to work out well. But you hear their voice and you're like, oh, it's all going to be okay. We're going to be just fine. You know, I, I remember this time. Um, I have three boys and uh, my youngest one, Dawson, he's the wild child. Like he has got too much personality for one kid. I don't know where he gets it from. It's not from me. And so uh, he's the wild child of the bunch. And uh, I, I'm going to say, like, all of our kids, honestly, they've, uh, they've been really easy to put to bed. Immediately when it's bedtime, we put them down. Really no problem. It takes about 30 minutes. And that's not a humble brag. You know, I know there's some parents that are like, I wish that was the case. I know it's hard sometimes. But for us, we were blessed in that way that they were able to get to bed real easy. So I remember this one night. I put the other two boys to bed and uh, tucked them in. And again, it usually takes about 30 minutes. And Jen was putting Dawson to bed. And he was about one or two at the time. And uh, so I'm, I got the boys to bed in the living room waiting to watch a show with her. But every time she left the room, he would start crying and wailing and screaming. And so about five minutes, she would go back in and do something else and come back out. And it was the same thing. And this happened for about 30 minutes. And I just remember she came in and she was like, tag, you're it. And I was like, what? <laughs> um, you're the pro. Like, I don't know. Like, I sometimes don't even know the teachers that my kids are learning from. Like, I'm just the dad. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. And I remember she was like, you know what? I fed him. I burped him. I have bounced him. I've changed him. I've changed his clothes. I've done just about everything that I can do. And he won't stop. I was like, all right, well, let's just see. Let's send second string in there and see what they can do. And so I go in the room and I remember he was just screaming and wailing and my ears are bleeding and because it was so loud. And I remember I leaned over his crib and I remember looking at him going, I don't even know what I'm supposed to do. But then I just thought, well, the only thing she hasn't done is maybe just sung over him. So I was like, I'll just sing a song. And so I was singing a song, but he continued to scream and cry even louder. And I don't think it was because my singing was that bad. I think I was actually pretty good. So, but I'm singing over him and I'm singing this song. And little by little, his voice got a little 
softer, a little quieter. He stopped crying. He stopped screaming until the very point where all I heard him was just snoring. He was out. And I remember I walked out of that room, closed the door, and I was like, play We Are the Champions. Like, I got it figured out right there. (laughs) But here's the point of that story. What it reminds me is that I don't know what was going on in Dawson's life. I don't know if he had some bad milk. I don't know if he was fearful. I don't know if he was scared. But the sound of my voice brought instant relief to his life. Whatever he was facing in that moment, he was scared. But the sound of my voice brought peace to his life. And maybe for you, you can relate with that. Only people who know us by name will call us by name. And this angel here in Matthew chapter 1 calls Joseph by name, proving that the angel understood and knew about Joseph's dilemma. And I want us to slow down here for just a little bit because I don't want us to miss what's happening in this story. At this point in the story, God steps in, he sends an angel to Joseph. And not only does God introduce difficulty into Joseph's life in the form of an unexpected son, but he sends an angel to encourage Joseph to step right into that difficulty by marrying Mary and taking Jesus as his own. In other words, God leads Joseph straight into difficulty and not out of it. There will be times in your life where God will call you by name. You will hear his voice, and he's going to ask you to do something that you don't really want to do. He's going to call you by name, and he's going to ask you to do something crazy or something that you feel a little unqualified for. But following Jesus isn't about your comfort level and about what feels good all the time. It's about obedience. And sometimes that obedience may lead you straight into difficulty but God promises to be with you along the way. Deuteronomy 31.8 says, Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord will personally go ahead of you. He will be with you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. If today you find yourself in a difficult situation or you feel like you need to take a step of faith of obedience that's going to lead you right into difficulty, learn from Joseph's life because your obedience to God is far better than your disobedience to him. God will demonstrate his power, his sovereignty in your life if you choose to obey him. Joseph could have disobeyed God. He could have divorced Mary, did his own thing, but he was obedient. Even though he knew it was going to cost him his reputation, even though he knew it was going to interrupt his life, Joseph chose obedience and walked out in faith and did something that God was inviting him into. Joseph's step of faith in obedience meant that he got a front row seat and the opportunity to play a part in the great plan of redemption for us. Now make no mistake, God's plan would have moved forward without Joseph. No man is going to stop God. But because of Joseph's obedience, because he stepped out in faith, it meant that he got to uh, play a part in and be blessed by it personally. His obedience meant that he was going to fulfill prophecy when in verse 23 it says, and they, that's including Joseph. It's not in Mary and some stranger, not just Mary. They shall call his name Emmanuel. See, if God is calling you to do something today, step out in obedience just like Joseph did and see what God will do in and through you when you have that obedience and you step out in faith. God was leading Joseph into difficulty, but not without the sound of his voice. And here's the last thing. We can have peace even in loss. Joseph's obedience to God meant persecution. It meant a loss of reputation like we've been talking about, but it also meant a loss of control. See, all control was stripped away in one verse, in verse 21, when it said, and you shall call his name Jesus. 
Now, some of us were like, well, I don't really care. Like, you know, who cares what he's named? Like, I don't name half of my kids. Like, it just didn't matter to me. Like, what's the big deal? But see, during this time, it was a big deal. It was a sign of authority and control over your family. It was the father's responsibility to name the child. But by the angel telling Joseph, hey, this is the child's name, was just another way of the angel telling Joseph, hey, this control doesn't even belong to you. And what's playing out more is just that this is another way of saying, hey, Joseph, guess what? Your life isn't going to go the way that you thought it was going to go. Joseph would no longer get to decide when they had kids, if they had kids, who that kid would be, what he would do. See, one of the hardest things for many people who follow Jesus to accept is the loss of control that it requires. The fact that now Jesus, the fact that following Jesus means that you might, your life might not go the way you would like it to go, or the reality that God ultimately now gets to name what happens next in our lives rather than us can be a scary thought. And if that doesn't sound familiar to you, it might be be because we love to try to convince ourselves that following Jesus doesn't actually work that way. Some of us are under the impression that Jesus or Christianity is just something that you add to your life. I've heard people say, well, you know what? I've got a mostly complete life right now. I just need a little spirituality. So, you know, give me a little bit of Jesus here and there. See, I think if most of us are being honest with ourselves, what we really are looking for is a controllable God a God that we could just already add to our fulfilled lives so we can get to choose to have him help us get what we already want. But the story of Joseph speaks something completely different to that. See, there was no bargaining agreement with Joseph. Joseph didn't go, okay, God, I got you. I'll marry this girl. I'll, I'll father this son. But as long as I get to name this kid what I get to name him, and as long as I get to raise this kid to the type of kid that I want him to be, that's not the deal that was given to Joseph. Jesus is not someone you could just add to your life. He often turns your life on its head. And here's the crazy thing. Joseph chose to go through with what God was telling him to do, knowing that he would lose control over his life. And that's what verses 24 and 25 are all about, his obedience and him walking out what God has told him to do. See, having the dream and God telling you what to do is the easy part. But walking in faith and walking that out, that's the hard part. And again, just speaking purely from a logical standpoint, this is crazy. Here's a man who's permitted and even encouraged to divorce his wife, who's pregnant with somebody else's kid. And then Joseph, hearing from God through an angel in a dream, decides, hey, you know what? I'm going to lose this reputation. I'm going to lose this loss of control. And I'm going to marry this woman anyways and raise this child as my own. It's insane. People don't do things like this. But yet, when we open up our Bibles... We can read the story of Moses. We can read the story of Noah. We could read the story of Paul, of John, of Peter. We could read so many stories of people who are like, I'm gonna follow God and I don't care what it's gonna cost me, I'm gonna do it. Even in today's culture, there are people that we can read stories about who've endured loss, a loss of popularity, a loss of uh, control in their life. They've uprooted their lives, moved to new locations. They face ridicule and persecution, even death. And I was thinking about this, and it reminded me of 11 years ago, Jen and I decided to leave Albuquerque, New Mexico. All the plans, all the things that we had lined up for ourselves. I had jobs lined up. Jen had a job at the hospital. We knew where we wanted to live. We had a career path. We knew how many kids we wanted. We were living the life that we wanted to live, and it was going that same way. But until we heard the voice of the Lord, 
And he's like, hey, I want you to be a part of something that I'm going to do in Clarksville, Tennessee. We left all of that. We uprooted our lives to move to Clarksville, Tennessee. And even as a church, we're in a season of transition. We're transitioning here, and we get to see the Miller saying, you know what, I'm giving up the naming rights to my life. God is going to tell us what we're going to do. We're going to walk by faith, and we're going to move back to Albuquerque because they felt this stirring, this calling, and saying, hey, we're going to surrender our lives to the Lord, and he gets to name what we do next. And we can hear story after story. We could share stories with one another about what you had to give up, maybe ridicule you faced, how you moved here from wherever you moved from, and you were hearing God call you to tell you, hey, I want you in Clarksville, Tennessee. I want you here at Awaken Church. We could share story after story of what God has done in our lives. But when we hear stories about people losing whatever they need to lose to follow after Jesus, we could just assume that there are some people that are just a special, crazy, kind of stupid, right? We're like, these people are foolish, that they have this weird desire to make their lives harder than what it really has to be. But I don't think that's the case. I think there are some people who've discovered something that others haven't. Some people, as they follow Jesus, if they're saying, it's worth it to me to lose whatever I have to lose to follow after Jesus, shouldn't that tell us that they found something that we haven't yet? And on the flip side, if we see ourselves with no desire to lose reputation, no desire to lose control of our life, to surrender our lives to Jesus, maybe we haven't found what others have found. See, my fear is that we would hear stories like Jen and I moving from Albuquerque here, or we would hear the story of Kevin and Jen moving back to Albuquerque, and we would go, wow, that's really cool that you're doing that. That's really cool that you're taking these steps of faith. That's really cool that God's working this way, and at the same time think, really hope God never calls me to do anything like that. (laughs) But the reality is this. You're faced with the same choice, just like we are. Sure, it may not look as severe, but it's the same choice. You're going to be faced with the choice of joining in with the office gossip or not, and looking a little strange and weird that you just don't join in like that. Or you're going to be faced with the choice of sleeping with that boyfriend or girlfriend or not and have the risk of looking a little old-fashioned or losing that relationship because you want to be like Joseph. You want to live as a just person. You want to live right before God. So there's a cost to that. Or maybe for you, you're faced with the choice of shielding your child from anything difficult that they would ever face or giving them a front-row seat to a not-so-glamorous life of a mom and dad who are just trying to follow hard after Jesus. It's the same choice, It just may appear a little different. Following Jesus will include loss, but you have to decide if that loss is worth it to you personally or not. That's what the decision to follow Jesus looks like, and it's the the decision that Joseph made. Here's the part I don't want you to miss. Here's the thing I don't want you to forget at all. For all that Joseph lost, he gained Jesus. Though he lost nearly everything, he gained God himself. That's what Emmanuel means, God with us. In his loss of reputation, his loss of control, God was with Joseph. And that's an incredible trade. To trade human approval for the very presence of God. To trade our short-sighted plans for our life for God's perfect plans for our life. And so maybe today you just feel a little out of the loop with what God's doing in your life. Maybe you feel a little out of control with what's happening and you're maybe here today and you're just searching for peace. You're looking for peace in any way that you can do it. And maybe you've searched for peace this year 
and money and achievements and relationships and possessions. And what you found out is as you've pursued those things and as you've gained those things, you have been left without peace. You've just left with stress and you felt a little empty. What you don't realize is that you're here today and you're faced with the same choice that Joseph is faced with. Will you run from Jesus? Will you divorce everything in your life and choose to pursue your own things, your own desires, your own pleasures, the things that you think will bring you peace in your life? Or will you choose Jesus just like Joseph did? Because here's the reality. This baby born in a manger would eventually grow up to be a man and he would live on this earth and he would die and he would be crushing the power of sin and hell once and for all. See, that was God's plan from the beginning. That's why God told Joseph, hey, you need to name this baby Jesus because Jesus' name literally means he will save his people from their sins. Guess what? We're sinners and Jesus came to save us. See, when Joseph physically woke up from his dream, you could also say he woke up spiritually. My prayer for you today is that if you are far from Christ, if you are spiritually asleep, that today you would wake up with new life in Christ and that today you would realize that Jesus is alive and he loves you, and he has a plan and a purpose for your life. It's no mistake that you're here today. He brought you here for a reason, and he wants to save you from your sins. Will you receive Jesus, or will you turn away? That's the story of Joseph. Look at what Joseph did. You have that choice today. Thanks for joining us for this message from Awaken Church. We'd love to hear how this message or the ministry of Awaken has impacted your life. Let us know at awaken.church forward slash my story.